Orange in the day, black in the night Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly The beast is awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive, who day we ignite in Cincinnati, we gon' rise in love In the jungle, we unite in love Drippin' orange and black and white Talk with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the back-to-back AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. Not to be a favorite. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,124 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberries. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, because sometimes I go live, whatever I feel like it, you'll be notified. Also, excuse me, in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you got a dying question you want to give my man, Evan McPhillips, who is one of Malik Wright's right-hand mans. Like, you know, Malik put a tweet out earlier today. You know, maybe we could try to get twist Evan's arm and find out what it, what it means. Give me a super chat. I greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And you know what? I wear it every single day. Jackpot Joey. Got the gear, got the hat, got the hoodies, got the flags. Uh, get all of it at uh, jackpotjoey9.com. Uh, also, get the beer from Brick Brewery. It's uh, located on Hamilton Avenue, right in the middle of uh, uh, North College Hill. Go there, drink some award-winning delicious beer, buy some cool gear and portions of the proceed. Go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow uh, Foundation. So you're not only wearing cool stuff, drinking award-winning beer, you're also helping people out. I also got Bet Fred here, so sports betting is legal in Ohio. I don't think you can bet on the NFL Combine. Um, might have to ask Orange Arrow about that, but uh, but that would be something cool to come up with. Anyway, they got the uh, sports betting there. Bet on the Bengals to go 17-0 this year. I'm predicting it. Screw the Chiefs. All right, guys. What's up to everybody in the chat? Strange, what's going on? Pork Chop, Greg Grace, Tim, what is going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Let's get to my co-host. Me and him were on earlier today. We did a five-round mock draft. He is Dale Altman from Bengals and Brews. 
What is up, beautiful people? What's going on, bro? Long time no see. Not much, man. It's, yeah. good. it's a good day to be alive. <laughs> always, always. I like being on this side of the ground. <laughs> Let's get to Evan. What up, Evan? How you guys doing? Appreciate good, you having brother. me on. No problem, man. Long, it's been a little while. I, I had you on. I, mean, I think it's been around this time last year. I think last time I had you on. It's been, it's been a minute since it's been on. So what, what, what you been up to? You got some new stuff going on? Shoot, yeah, man. We've been doing a lot of stuff. Uh, took a little bit of time there at the uh, season at the start to enjoy and get my, my personal life settled, moving around and doing a bunch of different stuff. But we ended up uh, linking up with my buddy Malik. And uh, we're, we're doing some work over there at the Right Way Sports Network right now, as I'm sure many of you know that we got the uh, State of the Jungle live show uh, with the Bengals. So we're talking usually every Wednesday about 7 p.m. We'll have a special uh, combine little show coming for you guys live about 7 p.m. tomorrow, in fact. So feel free to tune into that. You can find it at uh, the State of the Jungle and Sit Down YouTube page. Uh, you can find that via Malik's channel on Twitter. Obviously, we'll be retweeting a lot of links to that stuff and pumping it up. So it would be awesome if any of you guys wanted to come and join us. Exactly. So you can you can break it right here on the Strawberry Show. What Malik meant by that 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 cool Jeff he put out later today, right? You, you, you can let us all know it, the secret. Right? Uh, I I wish I uh, I wish I had the answer for you right now. When I go down to Indy, maybe I'll uh, I'll get him. Uh, maybe I can get him uh, a little drunk on steak and some good food, and then I can be like, Hey, Malik, come on, just let us know. Let us let know, that. man. Yeah, exactly. What what is it? You know, just exactly. put it out there. Just say it for the people. <laughs> exactly. So earlier today, me and uh, Dale went on Bengals Brews. We did a uh, five round mock draft, and you're not going to believe. Literally everybody we wanted was here in the first round. B. John Robinson, we had uh, t- t- uh, Michael Mayer. All the was there. All, yeah, all uh, bo- both tackles, Dewan Jones and, and the kid from uh, Tennessee, they all were there. <laughs> yeah, Deontay Man, Banks at corner. I was like, uh, Kalaja Kansi at D tackle. I'm like, what the hell? That's yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? You got to get one of those uh dungeon master die from Dungeons and Dragons with all those options on there, man. You got 15, 20 different options to choose from. But shoot, five round mock draft. It sounds like you guys might be farther into the draft prep than I am. I mean, shoot, you maybe you guys need I need to be interviewing you. You tell me what the Bengals are gonna do. Come on. Well, we had to pick up pick it up uh, uh B, B, John, B. John. But uh, like yeah, said, it's I, very deep into the draft. Yeah, sir. I can, yeah. dude, I can dude, see it. Deep into the draft during the season. <laughs> I have yeah. a start on next year already. <laughs> you probably do. You probably do. I, I honestly do. <laughs> I, I, I believe you. Yeah. I believe yeah. you. A lot so of those I, underclassmen I, might end up going back too. You never know. So yeah. I'm a draft nerd, man. I, I respect it, man. Yeah, it's a grind, and it's especially especially after a long season, man. All the exactly. different games, all the different – I mean, you guys doing all your shows, man, of course. Like, respect to you for not getting worn down, man, and keep on grinding. I, I, Love yeah. it. I don't do that many shows. It's, yeah, it's like my, <laughs> so I think it's literally like my 10th show I did today. I've done two, two live ones with Dale. I did three on Monday. I, I've done one every day. So. That's trying to say, I really do this. Come on, Evan. <laughs> I do this shit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I have it. So, where are you at as far as the Bengals draft here? Free agency, you and me talked a little DMing each other. You know where I'm at as far as right tackle goes. Where right. where are you at as far as the Bengals? What do they need to get at in the first round? What do they need to get free agency? Where do you think they're, they're heading? So, obviously, it's tough being at 28 in the background of the first, right, or being in that background area where you're kind of looking around and you're saying, in this range, these last five, six picks, often you're going to have a lot of trouble going in and saying, 
we need to hit this position. We need right. to do this, right? That's so much of that draft is out of your control to where you can kind of pick and choose a couple spots where you think people are going to go. But ultimately, if there's that run on tackles and you're sitting there and you painted yourself into a corner in free agency by not getting anybody who you feel comfortable with, at least going out there, assuming that Hakeem Adenogy is not the answer. You want Carmen at left. And then you have Lyle Collins, who's a giant question mark in his health right now. If you're painting yourself into that corner, you risk putting yourself in that point where you get the Billy Price pick again, where that's it. maybe not. Yeah, no, <laughs> we don't know whether this guy is going to be successful or a bust, but again, it's about the process, right? We want right. to have the process and reaching on a guy by 20 or 30 picks because he's the next best guy at the position you need is not the way to go. So you and I have talked a little bit about this in DMs, but obviously you'd like to see the Bengals go out there and grab a veteran tackle. Mm-hmm. And I know that they have a lot of cap space right now, but Jake Lisko and Andre Parada did a great job of kind of talking the other week about what it looks like in the cap situation if Joe Burrow and T. Higgins do get those extensions right. right. Mm-hmm. And it starts to shrink significantly to where – after paying everybody you need to, you might only have 10 or 12 million of some of the people are saying between 30 and $40 million that you have. Obviously there's the whole cap versus cash thing. And when you have to put cash into escrow and how that can preclude you from signing other free agents, because everybody wants cash, right? Right. right. If you're signing that Joe Burrow extension and you've got to put all that cash you have into escrow and there's ways they can get around that by doing incentives and other things and doing rolling guarantees, but that's not what we're asking here. But the point of this is if you have that limited kind of cap space you got to work with, then you have to be considering that you're going to be looking a lot more at that kind of like middle tier of, you know, older tackles and what kind of values you can get there. And to the Bengals credit, they have done an exceptional yes. job of hitting that tier two, tier three, and sometimes dipping into tier four, just finding those guys who are either miscast in their role or thrown away for injuries or any other reason and saying, we will give you that chance. And fortunately for the Bengals, they can afford to give that chance to people because they have, again, you don't want a Denigy starting every game, but you have that at least assurance that if something goes wrong, he can fill that spot for a couple games, ideally. Or Lyle Collins may be healthy by the time you get five, six, eight, ten weeks into the season, and maybe he's your best option. But the point is that they have options, which many teams don't. So it's not like they have to put all their eggs into one basket. So you can take a chance on a guy like a Jermaine Elumin. Yeah, Jermaine, man. We just call him Jermaine. Our God, Jermaine. Illuminati. I can say it. Illuminati. Illuminati. We said Jermaine Illuminati. Yeah, the Illuminati, but he's Illuminati. (laughs) Right. So Jermaine, my main main, is uh, let's say he's getting about four or five million a year. They can Mm -hmm. afford that for a backup tackle to improve their depth there. That's a swing they can take on a guy who didn't really have a full starting job until just this last year. Other teams may not feel comfortable giving him eight or $10 million a year and saying, go start for us when you've only started one year and you're already 28 years old. The Bengals can take that swing. They can say, Hey, we'll pay you five, six, seven million or whatever they want to pay him and say, we will give you every opportunity to come in and show that you are the best guy for this job. Now he may be able to uh, maybe looking to cash in a little bit on his one year. And we know 
offensive line is a talent-starved position in the NFL. Everyone needs more good yeah. offensive linemen. So I don't think they'll have and it. depth. Yes, depth especially too. And you see it even with the Bengals. There are not – there's not many teams that can go more than one or two deep on their offensive line before it becomes an absolute emergency, right? So if we're looking at this, we're looking at other guys, maybe a Kelvin Beecham who's a guy who's 33 already but is still kicking and still playing well to where you get that insurance, right? Right. But you also have that guy who maybe he takes a discount for a ring or maybe he prioritizes you for that. So I'd be looking a lot more at that range as opposed to a Mike McGlinchey or Jawan Taylor that these guys are probably going to get paid by those teams like the Bears, like the Falcons, who desperately need that kind of talent at just a start. Right. And then also are happy to overpay because they are so direct of talent, so devoid of talent and so flush with cap space that they can afford to say, hey, we can overpay you for three years and it won't even bother us, won't even feel in the slightest. So I think they compete in that tier three, tier four for a right tackle and say, hey, everybody compete, fight it out. There's one spot. They kind of do the the Joker breaking the pool stick meme and just drop it on the ground and say, hey, whoever's left standing, you're the guy. So I, I think that's the way they go with that. Got any deal? Well, I, I mean, I think Jermaine is probably cost-wise going to be that guy, but I seen earlier Schefter reported that uh, the Jaguars are leaning toward franchise tagging Evan Ingram, and I'm like, so you're going to let Jawan Taylor hit the open market. He's 25 years old. I know he's going to cost a lot more than Jermaine. Mm-hmm. For those re- like but he's 25 <laughs> and he's played longer, mm-hmm. you know, he's been a starter for years. It's not just a one year thing. So, but if they were going to take a swing on anybody in this free agency period, to me, it would be Jawan Taylor at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of like the Dewan Jones, the Darnell rights of the world, but not so much at 28. Like Jones, I'd be more comfortable with than the other ones like Anton Harrison, but. And that's the tricky part of it, right? Is yeah. you're saying, I probably feel okay with these guys. And, yeah. you know, if one of them goes and suddenly you're stuck picking one or the other, and maybe they're not. And then if you kind of rely on that, you're like, crap. And Jones could easily go in the top 20. I mean, like people don't see that because he's not rated there. But everyone that does these mock drafts, some of the, the, the bigger networks, you know, the draft networks, the Daniel Jeremiah, these people, you see him go in the top 20 all the time. It's like somebody wants this massive ass right tackle with all these traits and tools. Right. So right. I could see him going before 28. And then it's like, that's why I'm like, man, even Sign like our, our main man, Jermaine, <laughs> if we can bring him in at right tackle, we right. know you have that. It right. takes a lot of pressure off and you're not reaching for anything. And it leaves that best player available. Where you, yeah. Where open. you don't have to reach. And like you just that's say, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. You don't Maybe have to feel really good right. about some other guy who might be there in the third or the fourth round, you know, like a Logan Wilson type where they say, Hey, we see something that we feel others don't and we can get a value on this guy that gives them that opportunity to say, Hey, we can get this guy and he can just be good depth for us. And we can really give this guy time to develop over the next year or two and see what he can do. Well, if they just hire Jeff and I, we kind of killed it in this five-round mock draft that we keep going back to. So You guys help out Duke Tobin be the executive. Yeah. So, so we went with B. John Robinson because it was like, okay, him and Michael Mayer I have as the top-rated guys at that point, so I'm going to stick with just how I have them graded. Right. So I'm like, we'll go with B. John. It's crazy if he's there at 28 anyways because he's uh, yeah. I'd the, be shocked. the closest thing to Saquon Barkley that's come out. In and my maybe we don't even know 
what right tackle would be an ideal selection or maybe we're just not quite aware. And what I mean by that is the combine's going on right now, right? Watch it right now. Guys are going to come out and, you know, if you see these, let's say there's an edge that you didn't think was going to go until the fourth or the fifth round and suddenly he runs a sub seven three cone. And then you start going, maybe I need to go back and watch a little more tape on him or people see these different, these different traits in this athleticism. And you know how coaches always say, I can coach this up. I can fix this. So those athletic numbers are going to give them an excuse to do that. So as we go in the next, you know, three, four, five days, we're going to see a lot of shifting, not so much in the first round or the early part of the second, but that, you know, pick 50 to 150. We're going to see a lot of shifting there based on guys who test well and guys who don't, who test as below average athletes, who do those alarming things like run a 40 that's way lower than it should be, or their vertical is really low, which would be a sign of maybe they're not quite as explosive. So there's going to be a lot of shifting for that middle rounds, but I think we can definitely kind of look forward at that first round pick and have a decent idea of where things might fall, what the Bengals might be looking at. And you kind of mentioned it earlier that tight end, running back for Bijan or corner even might be one of those spots that has a guy there, you know, maybe edge, but with the way the guys are running right now, based on what I've seen on Twitter in the last they're 20 flying, minutes, dude. I mean, they're, uh, they're, running <laughs> they're, they're all four. They're, I mean, yeah. So yeah. Who, who knows if the edges that we think we're going to be there for the Bengals at 28 are even going to be there now. Right. So I think they will be able to find value in one of these positions, whether that's corner, whether that's edge or interior defender. I think they'll find a way to get that value and take a BPA there at a position that will both be valuable to them in the immediate future, but also in terms of contract and cap for in the near future when you start having those extensions start hitting you. Now, some of the guys, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, I was just going to say some of the guys that are testing well are more of the three tech types, which I think the Bengals need more because, like, depth wise, especially once right. we lost uh, Oak and Joby. So, like, KNC, he's one of those guys that ran an insane number. My guy that, God, I'm going to butcher his name so bad, but Ottawa from, oh, dude, he's, uh, he was from down like Western. Four, five, four, five, four, in yeah. the four fives. Yeah. And she was first, uh, he was first off the blocks for, for, uh, Six yeah, two two eighty thirty four yeah. inch arms. Where Cansey come in with like thirty inch arms. So. Oh yeah, no, he was four six seven, wasn't he? And then Nolan Smith just ran like a four four five. Four, four, I mean, yeah, but I he's, was, he's more a linebacker body, so he's more right. Your, he outside like linebacker head. rusher, yes. right? Like you're, he's he would fit more with like a three four team. That's mm-hmm. going to use them all like uh, Pittsburgh Steelers or Ravens. I'm going to go ahead and Not get it out there. Not someone who's going with like a Bengals oh, base defense. You're speaking to existence. Be, well, because <laughs> it happens every year. Bengals Twitter falls in love with a guy or two. Right. Ty, uh, Linderbaum last year, Jeff. I love Linderbaom. We were almost had him. <laughs> and he That's went like, to the Ravens. A little, little light on the sand in the pants. You know, and he went to the Ravens. Like right. yep, so, uh, Nolan Smith, you might as well just go ahead and put him on one of the your AFC North <laughs> right. rivals because right. Bengals Twitter is crushing all over that man right now. <laughs> Anthony goes here. What about the three tech out of Pittsburgh? That's Kalaja Kansi. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's originally that could have been a guy who was there at uh, for the Bengals, but I mean if he's testing like he is right yeah, now, I mean not, that's he I he think, might not be there. He may go five or six picks in front of them now as opposed to being there on the board. But the thing is, somebody's going to be there. We keep talking about these guys. All oh, that guy's not right. going to be there. That guy, somebody's going to be there. Somebody's going to fall. Yeah. Four quarterbacks so, are going. Yeah. Probably 
three or four receivers. Like when you start just adding all of them up, you know, a good I, I, I think three to four offensive go. line, a good four to five defensive linemen, mm-hmm. four or five corner. You know, when you start doing yeah. it that way, it's like, I, right, I, someone's got to fall. Yeah, I think the tight end, a tight end is going to go earlier than people think too. I, I, I just my opinion because there, there's that's the big thing I say too always about your your needs, your team needs, right, and your holes that you're trying to fill. That's for free agency, right? The yep. draft is to add good players. It's to just add good players. You just talked about it. We don't know how this is going to break, and we keep sitting there going, this guy's testing well. He might not be there, and this guy will. But at right. the same time, somewhat, it takes two teams to reach because they didn't – you know, they thought right. they knew better, and mm-hmm. another team or two that backed themselves into a corner like we talked about, and suddenly you've got four prospects you didn't anticipate being there. And if you didn't do enough in free agency to at least right. at your holes a little bit to give you that flexibility to pivot and say, wow, we really wanted a tight end because we got, you know, a Hayden Hurst or we got one of the other free agent middle tier tight ends, right? If you get one of those and you say, hey, we were really planning on taking a Dalton Kincaid or a Michael Mayer, but wow, suddenly Kalijah Kansi is right there. And right. man, he was so great. And, you know, you start playing that. And it's like, well, if you back yourself into that corner, you might miss out on that player. So that's why I say it's so, I was telling you this before, it's so important that we, I think we got to sign a right tackle and we got to sign a tight end. I mean, I want, I want Hayden Hurst. I want to put a corner there too. I yeah. think they need corner a better nice corner, yeah. not, not necessarily to start, but no, someone that can be that third or fourth guy that you need. Right. So it pos- doesn't possibly, just become Eli Apple again. You yeah, know, possibly which, to replace Eli, but I mean, I'm I personally know, I, ready to move on. But that's I am too. Topic, I am too. I, dude, I I won't be shocked if we sign Eli again. I I, I I'll be surprised at he all. Played great. The play on the field, great to have as like your fourth quarter. Fourth. Yep. Right. Just but, stay off Twitter. <laughs> please, <laughs> stay off Twitter. for the love of God, you're doing no one any benefit. <laughs> just stay off Twitter. So, all right, with with the the contract situation, which with uh, what Duke Tobin said earlier this week about uh, T. Higgins and his, I won't say cryptic, but how he's talking about Joe Mixon, I, I think Joe Mixon is either going to get cut or he's going to get uh, restructured, and they're 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 actually trying. I think they're actually trying to sign T. Higgins from what it sounds like. We're out trading. God damn. I didn't say this when Treggs was on, but as we're throwing that to Evan yesterday, I was thinking it. I'm like. And how many guys have we restructured? It never. Yeah, I don't you know. know if we have, well, I would say never, I don't know if we ever have. But I mean, that's this. This is the new Bengals, so I mean, they they could. I mean, right. That's, that's, uh, so we've seen them obviously go into free agency. We've seen them go and operate a little bit differently than they have in the past. So maybe that is the next frontier for them is is restructuring right. these contracts in creative ways, right? But I actually I, I wrote these quotes down that you referenced with Duke Tobin and T Higgins and Joe Mixon. And I want to read them here because hearing them mm-hmm. side by side really just paints such a, right. a drastically different picture. Right. So Duke talking about T Higgins, he was a guy we drafted who fits a role that we developed in a lot of ways, does it the right way, fits into our culture is an exceptional football player. I envision him being a part of what we're doing going forward for a long time. That's the hope. T. Higgins is a valuable component of what we do. We drafted him for a reason. We developed him for a reason. He plays for a reason. He's under contract for us and gives us the best chance to be a successful football team. Now, when talking about Mixon and whether he was going to be on the team, I'm not going to predict the offseason because I don't have the answers. 
in the words of the great Kevin Malone, I don't know. He's been a good player for us. He's been a pretty key component for what we're doing. He goes on to say that you do what you can to keep a good player, but it doesn't always work out. I noticed a lot of present tense and talking about the future with T Higgins and a lot of Joe Mixon has been right. Yeah. He also went out of the way to say T Higgins is under contract for us. He is playing for us. Dude. So is Joe. Joe Mixon is also under contract still. He is not for a 12 free million, but, but he did not but I say can't that. predict the future. Right. But basically it's in saying, it's, you got to restructure I, I, I or you're getting like cut. Everything there was saying, yep. hey, like, yeah, everything saying about T. Higgins was – Right. T. Higgins is, gives us the best chance to win. T. Higgins is part of our plan going forward. T. Higgins is under contract. And with Joe Mixon, he could have said a lot of that, but he didn't. Right. And, and so I, I think that tells you a lot to where I originally said – I would like to see, not I like to see him, but like it makes sense fiscally to cut Joe Mixon with the way things are going right now. I wouldn't have expected it because like you said, older Bengals don't want to do that, don't want to have dead money for players that are not on the roster. But now after these kind of comments that I'm leaning towards, he is, I, I lean towards that. He is cut and I'm, I'm surprised by it, but I'm also refreshed for the same reasons that you guys talked about where you'd like to see them approach contracts a little bit differently. That's one way that they can, they can continue to move into the new age. And I, I think Mixon could represent that. And the savings are enough that the dead hit is not going to be, especially over the next two years. So that you're saving a, a lot of money over the next two years. I see Jeremy's comments on there, too, about team that keeps our word player-friendly. Okay, but I will say this. Willie Anderson, we cut him. We mm-hmm. cut Willie Anderson, and he went to the Ravens. I will never forget that one because I'm like, if they could cut a guy like Willie Anderson at the end of his career, they're not going to always be about that word. Right. And that was years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they've already broken that. I know they typically like to keep those, but they will cut a guy. Now, right. the restructure, we just haven't seen it. now. Right. I, I would almost agree. Hey, and, and that's what Trag said. If you could get him to stay for three or four million. Right. <laughs> right. But I was right. like, 12. okay, who wants it's to go different. from 12 right. to three, right. three or well, four? Well, that's the thing. It's either that or you get cut. Or you is? Do you think anybody's going to pay Mixon 12? No. Is he gonna, no. no. Right. That's so that's the thing. The thing. He He's got to figure out. He can get right. cut and still get a certain amount of his money and then go and double dip and get right. signed elsewhere and get right. another – percentage of his money. Andre Parada actually pointed out a uh, interesting kind of restructure, so to speak, to where it was basically a base deal that was three to four million, but it was laden with incentives, right? To where they were all unlikely to be earned incentives, which basically means you didn't achieve that the year prior. And if you do that and you just beat it by a little bit, it becomes deemed not likely to be achieved and it doesn't count immediately against the cap, only if they actually achieve that. So that's one way that they can do it. But I I feel like it's time to to cut it, man. I I people know I've I've been appreciative of Mixon and what he could be, but eventually I don't feel like the talent was or the potential was fully realized. And it's it's been really kind of interesting to see that he has just consistently been one of the least elusive backs. He's consistently 
not created more space than what is blocked for him, constantly being brought down by a defender smaller than him or being caught when he has space in the open field. And if you look at elusive ratings for running backs, the median uh, elusive rating of running backs for the last like five years of the highest, like most elusive backs who make defenders miss break tackles, which is how running backs add value, right? right. Pass what's blocked for you. It's, it's what you create after by yourself. Right. And he was consistently near the bottom. I mean, his elusive yep. rating on us was like a 33 between 30 and 40 is an average year for Mixon. And the top five backs are always in that 60 range, that 70 range. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're talking about a guy it's, it's different if it's, you know, a little bit worse, but that's what type of back you are, right? And it's when you are getting paid $12 million to be one of the least elusive backs, oh, man, yeah. there's a lot of guys in college who are who are fast, who are athletic, and can hit a hole. And get you, can get, you can get two right? of them in this draft. You That's what I'm saying. You, yeah. you can get a guy for cheap who can get you what's blocked. You, you want something outside of that, right? And when you're not a run-heavy team, like you're a pass-heavy team, I'm, I'm so gonna, glad you brought hey, that up. Go, go ahead. I, I got some but you guys talk. go ahead. Uh, Marissa just got home from work, so I'm going to talk to her for about five or ten minutes, and I'll be back, Jeff. Right, so just sounds put good, me sounds good. Out. Sounds yeah. good. I'm actually glad he just brought up that uh, yep. that position because that actually – We're a pass-first team. Whether people like it or not, that's what we are. <laughs> they are, and the numbers we're backing that up are that the Bengals passed over expectation 9% of the time last season. So based on their down and distance, what they were looking at – they passed 9% more than was expected. And on their early down pass or on their early downs, they passed at a 63.7% rate. So basically two thirds of the time on those early downs, first and 10, second and eight, they're throwing the ball. And that ranks second only behind Kansas city, who everybody thinks about as this arid out passing offense. Right? So they have pivoted to that, to where the running back has become that other option only in the sense of the check down and the pass blocking to where having that running back for $12 million a year is just not, you're not getting enough value back from that one from the production of the player and two from the value of how often they're being involved in the offense. Now, if you can get a running back, like you guys talked about it, Bijan Robinson, who was one of the most elusive running backs that PFF has ever seen was also a pretty good receiver though. He didn't do it often showed the ability to be a good receiver. And if you can just get this guy in those positions, like, Samaj P. Ryan had where they catch those checkdowns and instead of going for two or three hard hard fought yards, mm-hmm. you're you're blowing through that defender or you're and, making and, and him he's, miss. He's pretty good at pa- uh, pass blocking too, which is is I mean I'm sorry this offense running backs you got to have somebody who can pass block especially on third down. That's, right, that's that's a I don't that's a key thing to being a running back from the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, and so while we're here, real quick, talking about running back, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Bijan is a very very special running back prospect, kind of like Saquon, right? Mm-hmm. Right. He may not end up going in the top ten just because of where people have come in terms of understanding running back value and the replaceability of the position, just because right. of. It's the opposite of offensive tackle, right? There weren't enough offensive tackles. They're getting paid a bunch. Now there's too many running backs. There's a lot of guys, like we said, who are athletic who can hit this hole and pick up what's blocked for them. Right. And so why generally a running back in the first round is not good. Again, this is maybe Bijan's a special case. Unless he's a generational quarterback or running back, sorry. Right. And that is so rare, right? This guy literally has to just, like like you said, coming out, has to be 
the most elusive, the best runner, also mm-hmm. be able to pass protect. You got to literally have like no questions about this guy. But generally, you're talking about a position that is injury prone with lots of wear and tear coming in, especially if college, because we've seen college like Derrick Henry. These guys get just 25, 30, yep. 35 touches in a game sometimes where they are just being just worn down for two or three or four years Mm -hmm. if they're coming out in the draft so on top of that we look at the life expectancy of the position in the nfl and we see they start to break down in the middle of that second contract between you know age 26 and 28 so you you almost don't want to make that investment and say we will have to come back around and really kind of visit this and maybe pay this guy top dollar money um it's it's definitely a, a a more cost effective option to find other avenues in the draft, like the second rounders that are only going to cost you two million a year, or right. you know a million and a half, or even some cases eight hundred or nine hundred thousand, compared to the guys who are going to pay twelve million dollars a year or ten million dollars a year, they can give you similar or just a little bit better production. And the reason that's really important too is you get the fifth year option right in the yep. first round mm-hmm. when you're talking about surplus value for contracts. And this especially matters for the Bengals as they start to get into this future where cap space is narrow. They have needs in the immediate future in the next season or two at D line on the interior and the edge. They have cornerback as a premium position that they will need to address. They could definitely use a young, cheap third receiver that they're not paying $11 million to like they do Tyler Wood, right? Mm -hmm. These are all positions that if you hit on a rookie, you are paying them between a million and a half to $5 million a year, you know? And if you are looking at those as what if this guy was a free agent, you're talking about a difference of up to 10 million, $20 million. And if the guy's really good, maybe more than that. Right. With a running back, if you hit on that pick, you might be saving yourself a difference of four or six or $8 million, which is just significantly less. So if you have two or three positions where you can get these guys cheap at these premium positions that can mean 15 or $20 million in cap relief for you for two or three seasons. Right. Mm -hmm. And the Bengals could absolutely use that. And that could be the difference between them. If we were in this scenario, let's say two years from now, we could go, go ahead and get Juwan Taylor. You've got all these guys everywhere at premium positions who are cheap and you can go out and spend that money and get that one last piece that you feel you need. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily, any running back prospect is bad or shouldn't be drafted there. It's you definitely need to be thinking about in the future. This could be saving us a lot of money that could really help. And also the replaceability of the position. I mean, you just saw the chiefs and the bills both go, Oh, we're a running back away. And they took Devin Singletary and they took Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And guess what? Now they took James Cook. The Bills were dissatisfied with him, and they got James Cook in the, what, third round, I believe? I think so, yeah. And they pivoted to him halfway through the season and said, Devin Singletary, we'll see you later. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not playing now because seventh-round pick Isaiah Pacheco has taken over. Mm -hmm. And we've seen undrafted Austin Eckler and, you know, Ramondre Stevenson and all these guys who are coming from the third and fourth rounds just be really good, elusive guys with contact balance. And, and it's you just you're paying these guys so much less to give you exactly what you want. It's at a position that is like we talked about, not as valuable in the Bengals offense anymore. You're you're not this run team anymore. You're the shotgun passing offense. So right. it's it's definitely something that it would be wonderful to have a back who was more elusive than Mixon but you want to pay the right price for it. You don't want to sink too much of your resources into trying to 
chase that dragon saying, this is our last piece. Let's blow the money or the draft capital we have on this last piece because it's short-sighted and it also puts you in a precarious position the next year or two when you say, hey, we could have really used a quality edge or a quality corner guy. Man, can't really find one in the, the fourth and fifth rounds. It's a lot harder than finding one of those running backs. I maybe wish we would have had the guy on the roster already. So, so that's even if B. John feel on running backs. Uh, so I was like, so even if so if in your opinion, even if B. John B. John is there at 28 and say we signed a, a right tackle and we say we signed a, a, a tight end and cornerback mm-hmm. all in free agency. If even if that, that to me that's the we have those positions signed already in free agency. Right. You consider taking a running back, but if it did, would you still not take him there, or would you would you uh, try to take, take somebody else? I would not look at this and say on principle I would not take him because mm-hmm. I think I would. If you've got these holes addressed to where that's the thing, right? You got to have those those addressed, right? And also, offensive line and corner, fortunately, are weakest link systems, right? And what we mean by that is if you have one of those weakest link systems, you your top end talent, right? We look at Joe Thomas for Cleveland. We look at Laramie Tunsil for the Texans, right? If you have that top end talent, it doesn't just fix the rest of the line. They can attack the weak point, right? You can attack a, you can scheme up attacking a tackle. You can scheme up attacking a weak corner, right? You can go after them. They don't need to go break the bank on those positions. They can right. get, you know, those C guys, those mm-hmm. average guys. And having that average guy there can be affordable and also can fill all those positions so you can feel comfortable about taking a guy like Bijan. And that's what we talked about, right, is you have this expectation of, oh, we might need this, we might need this. But if Bijan suddenly falls to 28 and you go, gosh, we'd love to take Bijan, but – we didn't fill this spot right. or we didn't fill this spot. Right. Then, then you can't. Again, yeah. it's, it's, we talked about it earlier in terms of like a defensive end or a tackle, but even running back for this caliber of prospect, if you don't expect them to be there and suddenly you are, are you in a secure enough position in the rest of your roster to where you can afford to invest that type of draft capital to invest those resources into something like that? And if they are, I absolutely would okay the pick. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm along the same lines as you. I, I am one that you don't take a running back in the first round unless he's a generational guy. And for mm-hmm. the Bengals, we got to get these other uh, spots fixed. Now we talked about tight end. We talked about running back here. Uh, we did a little bit about DB. Just, just go ahead and mention Michael Mayer. You do it every show. <laughs> I actually already talked about Michael Mayer. I was actually going to talk, oh. about, talk about DBs. So because that that is you, you touched on a little bit, uh, Evan, about DBs here. Mm-hmm. What is what is your rankings of, of the DBs and who would be worth uh, picking at 28 if one of them is there? It was yeah, a quick I, I, I love Devon Weatherspoon, man. He's not going to be there. I mean, <laughs> I say that now. Like, look, look at the, look at the now just to jinx like, it. Hey, take, <laughs> three, hey, take, take those top three off your board right now, Evan. Just forget <laughs> about them. Get I them know. out of your mind. Dan <laughs> Gonzalez and Joey Porter Jr. Those three are definitely probably going top 15. I know. Yeah, so if you're taking those guys off, man, you're you're looking at maybe Cam Smith. Um, you're, you're talking about like a Keeley Ringo if you feel confident about – what he can be traits, um, another traits guy that you right. And that's the, with. that's the problem, right? We start getting out of the secure thing and that's kind of like what these premium positions are. And while we talk about why they're so important to take in the early part of the first round, as opposed to, you know, linebacker or safety or, you know, some of these less valuable positions. And it's because what he just talked about right there, right? 
as soon as you get those first two or three guys off the board who are good, confident prospects you feel good about, it's traits, guys. It's a lot of projection, right? So you may be at the back end of the first round picking these corners, defensive ends, or what have you, and you have guys you really got to take almost a swing on, so to speak, versus in the second or third round, you might see an interior defensive lineman or a linebacker and say, we feel really good about what this guy can do right now, and it's just not always the case and not very often the case with defensive ends or with tackles or corners. So like he said, you're, you're betting a lot more on traits. Um, I, I would be looking more at kind of the, the Cam Smith. I don't it, I want to throw a name at you on top of those two. It's a guy I have ranked fourth, but I think he very well could be there. It's Deontay Banks. He's 23 is a, a knock I know Joe Goodberry has on him because he's a little older at the corner position. Whereas, right. like, I think Aringo is like 21 right now. So it's one of those things. But he is just more aggressive. He reminds me a little bit of Cam Taylor Britt of just – he's one of those physical dudes that don't mind to do a Juice. little bit of all the dirty work and – yeah, obviously we're huge fans of Cam Taylor. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think Banks got a little bit better kind of every season, which is kind of an encouraging trajectory to see. Um, that's it's definitely it's that with the injury kind of yeah, brings but, him down the board a little bit, and like you said, the drawbacks that are with him. And again, this is what happens when you start to get to the the start of the second round is you get these kind of imperfect prospects, right? Which is what we have this combine for is this guy maybe faster than I gave him credit for. Does he have better fluidity and change of direction than I thought, or the medical check? Does our medical staff say this is going to be a problem, right? right. Uh, the Raiders with uh, Maurice Hurst, everyone else said, no, we won't touch it, but they said, you know, I fourth round. Yeah. Right. Um, gosh, what's the uh, Tennessee offensive lineman, uh, Trey Smith for the Kansas city yeah. had, a, had blood clot issues and, their trainer came to them and said, hey, like, I, I think we can work with this and get a good regimen for him that is safe. But an also absolute still. <laughs> and so that's again, maybe they come back and say, hey, Deontay, we like him a lot and his shoulder checks out. But other people red flagged it and suddenly you can get a value on him. So that's where those kind of edges are. But you're right. After those top three guys, it, it kind of drops off a little bit and you're. You're kind of taking shots at like your different flavors. But what I would like to see is sometimes you can get those discounts on the slot corners, right? We yeah. know Mike Hilton is not going to be around for very long. Clark Getting Phillips, does that lead into Clark Phillips? I know he played outside at Utah, but they met with him. The Bengals met with him and Emmanuel mm -hmm. Forbes. I, I think that's I think that's telling is because you have those guys. And I, I do like Forbes and Man, it's it's tough because you know, like if a I like both of like, those guys, but I have my second round guys. Right, right, and you know, there's things like if you asked me, gosh, if let's say Brian Branch falls to where the oh, Bengals are picking, <laughs> I know, right? And it's, it's yeah, backer safety, you take him as a top fifteen player, right? Yeah. And so that's a guy that you can move all over the field and tell me that a guy like Lou Anarumo couldn't go past oh, that guy. Lou, so, would, Lou Dini would love him. It's big, and it would be especially big if they end up losing Jesse Bates or Von Bell or both, which we expect that, ba that Bates is out the door. And is, Branches, Daxel on steroids. It's, that's yeah. the thing is, again, you don't want to go, oh, we already have that guy. We'd like to go, oh, we can have a, we can have that guy on steroids, like you said. Like, that's yeah, why I think yeah. Branch probably goes before our pick, but that's. Right. Well, I want to ask you, Charles Tra brought this up on the show yesterday. He thinks Von Bell is going to get about $10 million. Oh, I see, that was, that was even a high for me. Yesterday. Uh, 
I don't know if he's gonna get. I mean, he's gonna get. Like, a I was like, if he's getting ten or eleven million, I'm like, bro, I'm like, yeah, he's. That, he's I mean, he's 28. I mean, right. I, don't, I think maybe like seven or eight. That's what. Like, that's, that's what. That's what I said. Like, yeah, that's where Drake's I said ten. I'm like that. That blew my mind. I'm like ten. No. I'm like I don't know if because they can like, like, that game changing. Well, I, mean, I said, yeah. where would you put him? That would be like two or where, what do you think he gets? And he said ten or eleven, and I was like. Bro, that wasn't even in my stratosphere of numbers. Like, I'm like, I know he's on five million now. I believe he deserves a raise from the five yeah, million right. per. But, but that's, that's like, a five, yeah, that's a five million per jump. That's huge for twenty. Well, I was like, I, I was with you, Evan. I was like seven, eight. Like, I right. think it would be a good deal. He's a leader. He's everything you want, and I'm sure he right. wants to be here. He's played his best ball here too, and, and he, he's getting he's getting the end here. He wants to win a damn ring. So that's where I, I think that's got to come into to to. Comparison too, because like, I, I would think with a guy like him, three year, give him three years instead of like a two year deal. Give him another three, like you did before. That's a good mm-hmm. deal for a guy that's twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Three years, and you give him seven per. Here's three years, twenty one million with a few yeah. million in sprinkled in with incentives. Right. Uh, I think that's a good window. I, I like the contract that you proposed, and that's kind of what I would expect them to do is bring him back, especially with how valuable that position is to Lua and Arumo and also having that leadership. So I, I agree. I, I think safety and corner will be a positions that maybe they attack in the early-ish to middle rounds and try and draft for the future a little bit. And uh, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see what they do there. I'm excited about it. Yeah, um, Von Bell is the big question mark. Like, because you got to go out and get a safety then. Like, you just – Right. You right. can feel good about Tyson Anderson and Testawell. He was still – At that point, you might as well just re-sign Von Bell because he's got yeah. that familiarity. He's part of the culture, and it, yeah. that's the kind of answer I come back to. I was going to Anthony's question here. So do either of you think Taylor Wan will be a decent pickup? I have concerns. Not sure what he's going to be asking for. If he would come to uh, – come, come and top – come – and top down. Come. He's going to yeah. come from the top. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will go first, at, uh, and I'll just say I don't I, I don't like it at all. He's 32. He's coming off injury. Yeah, he was good in his day, but I don't see him as an, a clear upgrade even to Jonah Williams. And he's mm-hmm. a left tackle, and Jonah's a left tackle. So that's where I'm at with it. No, I, I agree. Um, it's it's important to note that he's had two season-ending injuries in the last mm-hmm. three seasons, that he is going to be 32 by the time the season rolls around. And the last healthy season that he did have, he and Jonah Williams were about the same player. So, I mean, it's – Take the older people, guy. People doing anything they can to get rid of Jonah. And guys, I don't care. I, I mean, I, I don't – Look, Jonah is my mind. Let's let's go ahead and do this now because it blows my yeah. mind. Two years ago, Evan. Two years ago, best lineman we had. Right. And we're like, if we could just improve and make everything else average, we're really got something here. Well, if you look at why we get rid of the guy that was the best one we right. like. Well, I he didn't play well that. with two dislocated kneecaps, Dale. That's why there's <laughs> no grit. <laughs> well, this is, what, this is what I keep saying, Evan. Like, look. When the offense line was healthy and playing together, the offense line was pretty damn good. It That's why I keep trying to, and everybody keeps wanting to get rid of Jonah. Yeah, I'm they like, were first in rushing EPA, right? From week five on, when they changed their scheme, and they didn't have any injuries until just right at the end of the season. Exactly, I mean, they were and rolling. Colin, they and were, if, any, if anybody was the weakest link, it was Collins throughout the like overall throughout yeah. the season, and he, he was, was hurt totally most of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but the thing is, if you give him my all this time with, to get healthy, that's my fear with him. Was same as the Taylor Luan. Like, bro, you know you're getting a guy that's not been able to stay healthy. That's some yeah. Cowboys fan said. Hey, you guys can have Collins. 
because he can't stay healthy. What happened? He couldn't fucking stay healthy. Like he wasn't <laughs> healthy in training camp. He was. It, it was back. Then mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, you can't predict the blowing out the knee, but no, right. The, the back end is crazy about it is uh, the the clamoring for. Oh, we need to go pay sixteen million dollars for for Mike McGlinchey, who also injured. Look, Good run, right. good run blocker. He's not even protected by the Shanahan scheme with a lot of play action, a lot of quick game. And when you look at true pass sets where you actually take a full drop, <laughs> then it, suddenly McGlinchey's terrible and right. Jonah is much better. So, like, again, it, it comes back to people are just bored of Jonah, I guess, or they look at his sack numbers and it's like, guys, like, it's, look the, at the, sack, it's the sack numbers from last year, Evan. It's a hundred percent what it is that people. This is the thing. You want to get rid of Jonah and you want to cut Lyle Collins, but you also want a new right tackle and offensive line depth. So why are you cutting two tackles or trying to ship him away? Right. If you want to bench him and have him come off the bench, then bench him. But like, Lyle Collins' contract is cost-controlled and is yes, that's what being I said. active. It, and he's perfect. not going to be because he's injured, so you keep him around. So we have talked about this, Jack. I love Evan Or. I love Evan. I love it. He gets us. If it takes eight weeks for him to get healthy and finally be a backup offensive perfect. lineman, cool. Right. Yeah. You're not paying him for those first eight weeks. And he, he played matter. left guard with the Cowboys. So let's say you need somebody at left mm-hmm. guard, and it's like, put your big ass at left guard. Yep. Just go be nine. big. Go be big and be in the yes. way. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I can't stand it, man. People I don't know. argue with anybody on this stuff because <laughs> I know it doesn't do any good to argue, but I just let it. And then when you just let it all out, I, you're like, yes, we knew we liked that. I mean, no, I, I'm glad because I was doing the Will Ferrell, I think I'm taking crazy pills meme, you know, with everybody just like, we need offensive linemen, but also get rid of Jonah and Lyle. I hate them both. And I'm right. like, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't get that. I, I mean, the thing is like Jonah, everybody, he, the, problem is he got he got picked so high that's i think that's the thing is he's never right lived up to all pro or whatever he's not he's he's not i'm not saying he's not he's not great but he's not bad he's which fine. goes Jonah back to the arm league agent he will yes. get that 16 or 17 or 18 million dollars a year so left tackle tell me you wouldn't have done that for a competent mm-hmm. tackle at right tackle Three yep. or four years ago. Well, yep. I, I was asking people, I said, who the hell are you going to bring in to upgrade him? That's so what I keep saying. You're who? either one, one, you're paying Orlando Brown $25 million, And And sometimes Damn. I'm not even sure if he's an upgrade. Worse on true pass sets in terms of efficiency. That he gave up more pressures than Jonah. Now tell me, you give up 10 sacks. No. Okay, that's fine. But you give up 30 pressures. You got a guy who gives up 60 pressures but four sacks. That is not better because one is four right. sacks and one is 10. Your quarterback is getting pressured or hit three times as much. Sure, sacks hurt. You know what else do? Penalties. Penalties hurt (laughs) almost as much as a sack does Mm -hmm. in terms of expected points added. And also – Getting your quarterback under pressure. That's 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 my knock with our 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 main man Jermaine. That's my knock Mm -hmm. with him is he had the third most penalties. Penalties. The Raiders right right tackle. I'm like, because everything. Is that something that Frank Pollock sees and says, "Hey, I can clean that up." I hope so. Well, you should be able to. Just quit being stupid. (laughs) But if Jonah, but back to if Jonah was on this market, he slides in easily at left tackle too. Oh and yeah, he's, he's right there he is with a top, Taylor, Mike McGlinchey tier. He is yep. a top fifteen to top twenty free agent in the entire class, which you know what that means, especially as an offensive lineman. When the we started the show with Evan talking about the whole league needs offensive linemen, he is getting paid. 
between 15 to 20 million per season easily on the free agent market this season. And we have him for, this year. 12? That's what I was going to say. We have him for 11, 12, something like that this season. Shut the fuck up and let him play left tackle this year and just shut the fuck up about it. Why don't I'm we sorry. let the man have his kneecaps intact for like a full season? And then that would be nice. He was great for two seasons and then he was solid this last season. I'm anticipating that when he has two regular kneecaps, he might go back to being pretty good. Just oh, that's right. He got that, that surgery too. He just got that surgery to, to hopefully stabilize the kneecaps right. or whatever. So this, this does, because this happened to him before. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, dude. I just can't imagine your kneecap popping out and spinning all the way around. It's, it's just, I don't, and, and then, then he playing, keep, he keep, and then yeah. playing an NFL game after that. Right. So like, that's like, just people just, I they don't want to sell this. People wanted to just crucify Jermaine uh, Gresham for sitting out that Cleveland in, uh, game with a turf toe injury because saying he wasn't gritty enough. And Jonah Williams' kneecap twists around his leg and he just goes <laughs> back out there to block Miles Garrett again. People are like, God, I hate this guy. Yeah, like, come on, guys. I mean, geez. Yeah. He, he's an average tackle right now. Let's just be happy with having an average and what, tackle. And that's what we said last year. Remember, like, all we want is an average offensive line. Average, which we – when – I keep trying to tell everybody this. When the offensive line was – I mean, Lyle was never fully healthy. But when they were in there and they are all playing off five of them, we won ten games in a row, everybody. I mean, well, right. it, was more, it was less than that because they got hurt. But still, we won ten games in a row. Joe's won at least a uh, uh, pressured quarterback, and we, and we could run the ball. I mean, that – that's when we had. That's what we all want. But the thing is, like I said, my concern with right tackle is, well, is not going to be ready at the beginning of the season. Sign Illuminor. And then if if Lel is healthy, he doesn't have to rush back. If he's healthy and he he's playing better than Illuminor, switch him out. It doesn't matter. You right. know, it, it, that's the thing. And that's the depth. And the thing is, that's what we need, too, is we need depth. Because the last two years, if we had any kind of depth on our offensive line, we win the freaking Super Bowl. I mean, I, Greg Pollard said it yesterday. Tra- he told Trags that last if uh, last huh? two years, yeah, well, yeah, last two years. Now I just said. Oh, I thought you said last year. I, no, yeah. last two years. Anyway, anyway, but but Trags came out and said that Frank Pollock told him that um, Kappa was going to play in, in in the Super Bowl. So was General Williams. I'm telling you, I said this yesterday. If that Kappa hurt. is that plays in, that, in that in that, I AFC thought Kappa would. Kappa's an animal. If Kappa plays in that AFC Championship game, we win that damn game. I'm telling you. Chris Jones was just, I mean, we need I mean, Chris Jones. He was Chris yeah. Jones. Like, yeah. oh, pull him through and through, which you expect. But well, you yeah. just we want to try Kappa. to slow him down like they did the first meeting, and mm-hmm. uh, that did not happen. No, and with that's, Kappa, that's why, they could have slowed him down That's more. what I'm saying. If Kappa's there, we slow him down. Anyway, Evan, you've been on for 54 minutes. I appreciate you, man. Tell everybody where they can follow you, what you got going on with uh, Malik and – and uh, the sit down and all the other st- shows you're doing. Right. So, uh, yeah, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at E McPhil. Um, got a lot of stuff there. I'll post a lot of data and kind of comment on storylines and try to add a little bit of either support or uh, a little bit of more truth to some of the wild arguments that don't make sense. Like, like we talked about with Jonah Williams and all the disdain for that, but you can find me there. And then uh, we have a great show. It's a live show. We'd love for you guys to come by. It's usually Wednesdays at 7 PM. It's called state of the jungle. Uh, Myself and Malik and Logan Fulmer uh, all sit down to discuss everything that's going on with the Bengals. So, you can find that over at the Sit Down YouTube channel uh, for the Right Way Sports Network. 
And uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming out, uh, hopefully in this off season to keep you guys updated with draft and free agency stuff. So definitely yeah, tune you, in. We'd appreciate it. If you ever need any special guests, you know, you can always you know, come to me and Dale. <laughs> well, well I, before he got off here, I wanted to go to Porkchop's comment. Oh, the chub. Which this was my, uh, my excitement level for pick 28. I said yesterday, I had a level <laughs> that's called bust, bust a nut. And then rock hard, and then half chub for my excitement level, which I right. think this should be universally accepted as for who you'd want your team to draft. Can we Plus do draft grades with this? Hard, I think that's what we need to do. Chub. I think that's all draft grades should be done. It's all, it's all draft grades, exactly. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. So without listing the whole names, he's saying you because I'm like, man, I'm we're so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say half chub for now, okay? Hey, I'm gonna say half chub. Well, we'll come back around, all right? Well, well, I gotta get you on the Bengals of Brews. You know, I gotta get you a little, little sauced up on the Bengals of right. Brews show on the weekend. You don't get, put out get, on the first date. I gotta come around for a second one before yeah. you. You got no. You gotta get Evan a shotgun of beer first. He he loves shotgun of beers. So, oh man, I don't know if I've shotgunned a beer since we did at that Bengals tailgate. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that was probably, probably not. last time. I, I don't horrible. shotgun beer. I, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, dude, I'm horrible at shotgun beers. I spill half of it. I, but I but Evan it. would love to have you on Bengals of Brews sometime. Absolutely, you man. Just reach out drinking, to me. I'm happy to you join. Just, you just have drinks and we bullshit half the time. Hey, just, Jeff, and, Jeff and anybody at the tailgate knows I love walking around with my case of Bud Light. So that yes, works does. out. Well, I'm, yeah, you're I'm, uninvited. Dan, you're, Dan, you're a Miller guy. He's a Miller guy. That's the only thing bad, bad about Dale. <laughs> yeah, I'll reach out, man. We'll have you on sometime, man. You've been awesome. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate you, brother. Who day? Thanks, guys. Take Hooday. care. All right. So, see, I told you, like, Evan. Evan's badass. He knows his shit. I'm glad you're like, you like this guy. You like or this guy. You... I like Evan. Yeah, I get a high voice. Evan's my guys. friend. Hi, Evan's my friend. Evan's we shotgun beers together. Evan's my, Evan's my special friend. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> Not sure. How about done with full homosexual? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. All right. Don't you got a show at 7 tonight? You got the guy. You got the Godfather on? I got the Godfather. He is not. He's not coming on until eight o'clock. Oh, he's, he's like coming to eight now. No, I got to hold the show down for an hour on my own. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Why do you laugh, man? <laughs> Dude, you you were on for like forty seconds by yourself earlier today. You're like, hey, call me. Are you gonna get on the show? Hey, I'm the marathon man since I got off work. Which I talked to Marissa for like thirty seconds, and then it it ended bad. So the fuck, you get back on here. <laughs> You're, you're a marathon man, but you, it took you 30 seconds. No, she had to, I'm like, bro, you just went back to work this week. Why do you have a this much of that? And that costs the money that we don't have. So now I'm doing like a, you, you took the money and you put it in the jello, put and pop. You took it out of my bank account and you bought your marijuana with the money that was with the jealousy money, the jello money. That money was reserved for the Jello Pudding Pops. <laughs> what kind of Pudding Pops do you have out there? Marijuana ones. Oh, you got the Mary Jane. Not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where this went. I don't either. Kevin left and went to I don't it went in like two minutes. Oh, my God. Lost our uh, fucking minds. Yeah, it happens. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go get some dinner finished watching this, and then I'm going to watch you struggle talking to yourself at 8 o'clock. <laughs> struggle to talk, probably. <laughs> probably, yes. Yeah, exactly. I've, got, 
Oh, oh, I've got Yang. Oh, God. Dude, God. Gonna, hold on. How am I going to entertain myself? We're half an hour before the show starts. I'm tuned in to Bengals and Brewers. This is going to be pretty interesting. You're going to be tuning in to Bengals and Brewers. This is Dale Oatman. Welcome to the show. I forgot the name of it. <laughs> I don't know the name of the show. Oh, God. Well, you have fun. Uh, pace yourself. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dude, I think Bengals and Bruce is going to be very, very interesting. So you might want to make sure you check that out. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you go to the Bengals and Bruce account and subscribe. A lot wild show. Uh, Anthony, AC, God love you. I'm praying for you, brother. You know, go hang out with Dale. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very, very interesting. All right, guys, let's get to the uh, Facebook groups that let me live stream. And I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling the sound off later on tonight, putting it on the podcast. It's on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify. Google, Stitcher, Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, we're at 2,124. You guys are awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. If you're watching the show right now, at the end, while I'm doing all this, you guys are legendary because I'm just going through my spiel. But if you're watching Facebook or Twitter and you haven't subscribed, please, please go to the YouTube channel, Bengals Talk with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button, hit the bell for notification. And when I go live, you'll be notified because I'm 99% sure. I'm just going to keep putting it out there. I won't try to speak it into fruition. Trenton Irwin, Bengals wide receiver, said he was going to be on my show next Wednesday. I don't know what time yet. I'm still working on that. So that's why I say subscribe. When I go live, you'll be notified. Anyway, you guys can watch Bengals and Brewers. I'll see you tomorrow. Who do I have on? I got, uh, see, I don't know what my calendar here real quick. Uh, tomorrow. I have. Uh, oh, yeah, just Eric. There you go, my boy. Just Eric. Uh, he, he, uh, he's from the Wincinnati podcast, and he does a ton of the uh, spaces uh, on Twitter. So, just Eric will be joining uh, Friday. It's been a lot of fun. Go watch the draft. Have some fun. See you guys tomorrow. That's your sports, baby. See you.